you know, how do you love, nurture, and care for baby? So how do you love, nurture, and care for swandling? Just let individually, just ask the Holy Spirit how he wants you to love, nurture, and care for swandling. Now prayer is part of that, but there can be some other things as well. Holy Spirit, show me how. How do you want me to love, nurture, and care for swandling? some amazing stories of the coffee about <coughs> picking and all sorts of things that go on and that's one way as a church you can, you know, you're valuing swanling not just because it's untidy, <laughs> irritating but because you're caring for God's creation you're expressing his love through picking up a piece of paper uh, you know so many ways um, we can show that we really value and care for Swanley. <coughs> okay, now praying for Swanley. When I woke up this morning, I did. This was not in my original PowerPoint. And I said to Phil, when he came in, I said, are you ready for an upgrade? And he said, yes. <laughs> Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. Um, that's Ezekiel 3.17. Uh, it's the same verse to come in uh, Ezekiel 33.7. I'm going to read it again. Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. 
Therefore hear a word from my mouth and give the warning from me. I have a sense that God wants to give Christchurch an upgrade. And there's some of you specifically here to give you an upgrade to being a watchman. Watchmen and gatekeepers, because this is a gateway, and you understand it being a gateway. And um, I really, as I woke this morning, I must be staying in these two hours. <laughs> I really had a sense that Father wanted to give you an upgrade to become watchmen, watching on the walls to see what's happening to to see what's happening, to hear what's happening, to partner with Father with what he wants to. And I'm going to talk, talk about the watchman anointing in a minute. Um, and so you can see now I've changed it to town watch at the top. Not just praying for Swanley, but it's out of what the watchmen see that prayer comes. Okay? Because... Uh, what being a watchman is a prophetic um, um, position and you know we hear what father is saying and we start to watch we partner with him now I want to talk about a 21st century watchman and not a 19th century watchman we are one of us our identities um, did that come in I'm not sure. Anyway, Paul talks about being seated with Christ in heavenly places. Positionally, that's where we are. We now operate from heaven to earth rather from earth to heaven. And so I have this uh, little picture <coughs> and I was, um, that I sit on a sofa with Father Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And when I see something going on, you know, I say to him, well, can you tell me from your perspective what's going on and what I need to do? And we're then in a very safe place. We're not battling on earth like we used to, mm. you know, and binding everything in place and doing this, that, and the other. We're actually partnering with God to bring his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so the watchmen sit on the wall, so to speak, and say, Father, how, what do you see? What's going on from your perspective? You can see mayhem, but a watchman sees from Father's perspective what is going on and declares from that position and brings it into alignment. And so is, um, a, <coughs> so is able to release prayer information to the prayers. Does that make sense? So it's a, it's a sort of prophetic role. And I have a sense that Father wants to give you an upgrade as a community, as a church, uh, but specifically some people here, uh, he is calling to be watchmen. Now, I have to say, being a watchman is an interesting position. <laughs> um, I'm in a, a season where God is waiting. I couldn't work out why I would just be wide awake at two in the morning. Yeah, I, you know, wide awake. And it, it went on for two or three mornings, and I was actually staying with my brother. And I said, I don't know what's going on, but I keep waking up wide awake. 
And I said, I think if it goes on, I'm going to ask God if this is him. <laughs> and it is. <laughs> but there's a particular thing that I am watching over. And um, <coughs> so this morning it was four o'clock. I woke up. <laughs> and I make some declarations um, and some stuff. I don't feel free to say what it is. I'm, I'm watching over. Um, and then I go back to sleep again. Um, <laughs> but, you know, being a watchman is a very privileged position. And uh, just to hear what God is saying in a situation. Now, he may give you, you know, you may be a watchman over a certain situation. Um, it may be... Um, Yeah, it may be over things that you're interested in. You know, you have a passion for education. You have a passion for this, that, and the other. Um, and so, it may be for families and people. Uh, it may be for business and retail. That's your Aldi. <laughs> it may be for the church. It may be for children and youth. It may be education. Do you have a college here? It may be local government. It may be leisure, sport and recreation. That would be a nice watch, wouldn't it? <laughs> Now, the gateways are important. And I have, part, as a part of your upgrade, I have a sense that you are gatekeepers. And um, that would extend into Kent as well. But, um, and obviously, this is where I've got this word, this is where I was a week ago, so, you know, last time I came, so I haven't got the rest of Kent here. Um, but when you consider Kent as a gateway, you've got ports, you've got the Channel Tunnel, you know, you've got Eurostar that comes shooting through here, uh, right into Europe. You, you've got a tremendous watch here. Um, and so <coughs> I photographed some of the entry points, and what we did actually in our village... And this is really, let me give you a story about our village, the, um, Thurston. Uh, I've moved from there now. Uh, and, but Peter and I, um, with another couple in the village, we went round, one Saturday, we went round all the entry points to the village. And we prayed before we went. Some of you will understand this, some of you think it's totally crazy. Um, <coughs> And we got verses for each entry point that we did on stones. We got a load of stones from the garden centre, so they were a reasonable size. Yeah. And we buried them at each entry point, and we prayed over each entry point. And there was one entry point where there were always accidents. And actually, my daughter was driving out one day, and said, Mum, I see a huge angel sitting at that entry point, uh, watching over it. 
So we prayed around every entry point. We went into the centre, what we thought was the centre of the village, uh, and broke the curse off the land from Genesis... Uh, I can't read my Bible. Uh, Genesis 3. <laughs> um, and we planted a stone there. We would have, in our home, we had regular worship happening on a Monday night. And we had something else which still exists today, um, but not in that village, uh, called the well. And we would come together across the region and worship together. We do that every six weeks, um, still. And that's been going on for what now? 18 years. And <clears throat> so, nice thing to do. We'd go prayer walking around the village. Nice thing to do. Yeah. And <clears throat> there was a plant grower on the edge of the, the village. Harvey's Garden Plants. Not a garden centre, but a plant centre, where he specialised in uh, plants for the shade. And his wife opened a coffee shop on the land. And we went up there, and within six six months she had won an award. That's a very short time to win an award mm -hmm. for you know a coffee shop. Peter and I were up there one day, and it must have been June time, I think, because um, Roger Harvey, the, the owner of the, the, center, the plant centre, had won two golds at Chelsea. And I said, Peter, there are two golds there. That's unusual. And I thought, is this that? <laughs> we have been praying and worshipping in the village. Now, I can't say for sure. Got really excited about that. Because uh, I know one night we were worshipping, and uh, we were worshipping in the spirit, and I, I had a real sense that Father said to me, it's what's happening, you have no idea what you're doing. If you understand what I mean by that phrase, you don't understand that what you're releasing as you're singing in tongues. He said, I am watering the land. And then progressively, the upper school in the village got an outstanding offset award. The preschool got an outstanding offset award. The pub in the village is regularly uh, pub of the year. It has five-star hygiene, so does the delicatessen. Um, the Christmas tree grower on the edge of the village had bump harvest. And you think, hang on. <laughs> I choose to believe that our prayer and our worship has affected the village. Really exciting. Um, nobody knew what was going on. But that's what I was saying about supporting the government at this time and supporting the nation at this time. You know, we come together to worship and we pray. We are supporting the nation. And just like we were supporting the village, so to speak. Uh, and it's powerful and effective. Um, so, yeah, we, we guarded the gateways, which is a very exciting thing to do. Um, but the gateways, you've got amazing gateways here. I mean, you've got that roundabout down there. 
which I took a long time But it goes all over the place, doesn't it? I mean, it goes east M25, west M25, you go down the M2, you go out to a village, you go here and you go there. And you, I mean, that is an incredible place to pry around as gatekeepers. Because you've got people, there people coming there from all sorts of places. Um, so you've got the station. That's another gateway where people come in. You've got, um, <clears throat> well, you've got the entry roads that come in from other, other villages as well. You've got the bus station. Um, don't have anything else, do you? Don't have a helipad? <laughs> but that's an entry point. That's how people can get in, you know. Um, you know, and as watchmen, too, for care, you know, gatekeepers here, I, I was walking on the Suffolk coast two weeks ago, and there was a frigate out there. I haven't seen a, a frigate out there before. And I said, so, I was walking with my daughter, and I said, I wonder whether they're out watching for migrants coming in. Um, tremendous, well, keep them safe, you know. A tremendous part of, of what could be your, your watch as, as gatekeepers here, too. So is this giving you a bit more food for thought. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Public services. I don't know where I managed to get the ambulance. I had a real sense about CCTV. Now, I don't know where to put that in the category, uh, so I put it in public services. But there is something about your roads need watching. Because I said to you, didn't I, I was mm -hmm. driving around, there's something about yeah. road safety here. Um, Big brother watching you. <laughs> Health and welfare. That's doctor's surgery. You've got Shore Start as well. Uh, food bank I put under there. Huge demand for uh, food banks. So, as we watch over these areas, what do we do with the information? that God gives us. We have to be very sensitive with the information God gives us. And um, we have to be careful that we're not doom and gloom mongers. <laughs> so you may see something prophetically because you have a spirit of discernment as well. Uh, well, that would be part of the watchman. Uh, you see something very negative. Immediately ask Father, what is, what is his perspective on it? And start to declare that, start to come with thanksgiving there. Because as a watchman, if you see everything negative, you can get very down. And so it's coming with Father's perspective. Now, sometimes being a watchman... It takes you by surprise. Um, I was minding my own business on Thursday morning. I have been going up to, um, I typically go up to Westminster once a fortnight on a Thursday to be part of the worship of prayer there. 
and it wasn't my week to go. <laughs> and uh, I woke up and I thought, I've got to go. I've got to go and put my feet on the land. I've got to, you know, I've got to be there. Uh, because I, I have a sense um, of that meeting, put it, it's put on by Christians and government, carries a very interesting authority in the nation. And um, I just thought, I've got to be there. And so I thought, well, I'm going to leave it for a bit and see if it wears off. <laughs> see if it goes away. But it didn't. So I quickly got on a, a great journey of trains to see what price the ticket was at that late stage. But I knew I had to be there. And um, I had to say that to my daughter. I know I have to be there. Because I think she would say, Mum, I thought you were tired. Why are you having me? So sometimes it takes you by surprise and you have to go and do something. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it wakes you in the middle of the night. So I'm just, you know, if you want this anointing released on you, just be aware. Um, <coughs> sometimes... You know, it just comes when you're praying. And something I said I need to be doing is actually setting a watch time. So I just put that time aside. So I know that's in the diary, that little watch time for whatever he wants to show me. But as I say, it can spring up on you. Um, But a huge privilege. Now what you do, you have to be very careful. I'm, I'm... sitting on something that's sitting on something at the moment they've shown me, which I wouldn't speak out to anybody. I mean, I have told one or two people who are very close to me. Um, because sometimes he's going to show you stuff that is very sensitive, and this is very sensitive information, and um, he's going to show you something that's very sensitive that you can only share with people who understand who you are very close to. And, um, but <coughs> what I do as well, I, I check it out. I've got two or three people I will check out things with because, you know, I can walk into error. I want to keep straight on straight line. And <coughs> so it's a huge privilege. You feel like, I feel at the moment a bit like an undercover agent. <laughs> <laughs> but it's... <coughs> It's, a, it's, you know, you're doing it for the whole of Swanley. You're watching out over them. You're like CCTV camera. You're watching out for them. You're looking after them. And then you're praying for what you, you get. Um, and, you know, it can be written as prayer information, but very sensitively written. Um, I, you'll find now that when I pray, I've, I realise how much thanksgiving is in my praying. Because I hear God, and then I thank him. You know, if you've heard God, we don't need to go begging. <laughs> because he's spoken, this is what he's doing. And so I return that with thanksgiving. And I think it's very easy, as I said before, for us to get burnt out Uh, if we're carrying heavy burdens. And it doesn't do our health any good either. John and Paula Sanford, years ago, I think the teaching must be out there somewhere on YouTube, or isn't, um, called The Burden Bearer. 
and um, how to handle that, you know, mm -hmm. when we're praying for things and you get burdened with it. Particularly if you have a compassionate heart. If you have a compassionate heart for people, it is very easy to move, slip over into un ungodly control, false responsibility for the situation. And so we have to be very careful we stay on the right side and release everything to Father. You know, if he shows you that a bomb is going to be... This might have to come off the tape. On our watch. Now, that needs to be very carefully handled, all this. Um, but it's quite exciting, I mean, imagine. <laughs> yeah, but you start collectively operating as a watchman group. They could give you sort of funds for the crime prevention budget. <laughs> 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 yeah. while prayer walking the town. Is that right? You wrote these. They're brilliant. I was reading them last night. Um, and to declare those as you go prayer walking, to bless the houses, to bless the people in them. You know, get a word of knowledge about number 10, Archer's Way. Yeah. <laughs> and but seriously, if people are waiting for us, actually, I had an experience when um, I was leading a prayer team to Peterborough, and I said to them, now, look out, let's pray before we go, what are we looking for, who are we looking for? So it was a bit of treasure hunting, a bit of this, that and the other uh, into it. And um, I had this red door with a sort of fan at the top with glass, around the sort of fan shape, a red door, and I didn't see it all all week we were praying that. I was driving to my son and he was <coughs> in North Cambridge and I saw it. I thought, that's it. I promise what do I do now? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so I said to him, what do you want me to do? And he said, go there at, five, at 12 o'clock on a Friday um, and it was about there was relational difficulties and Father says everything's going to be okay. So I went and knocked on the door at 12 o'clock on that Friday. Um, and I said, I was driving to my son's a couple of weeks ago. And um, this, you, you know, your doorway, your red doorway was highlighted to me because I'm somebody who prays. And I just had a sense that um, God wanted to give you a message that, you know, in the midst of everything, everything's going to be all right. And she, she will come in, because she obviously wasn't the owner of the house or the person who lived there, took me into another room, and there was a lady there, and she, I just said what I had, and she broke down in tears. Mm -hmm. um, 
and then I was able just to pray with them. Now, you're not all going to get <laughs> dramatic things like that, but, um, you know, where does Father want you to go and bless somebody? You know, prayer walking, continue prayer walking. Uh, Peter and I did a six-week prayer walk around our, our, our two roads because we were in a cul-de-sac. Um, well, it went into two, uh, two, two cul-de-sacs. And we felt for six weeks we need to prayer walk. And the verse we prayer walked with was, Father, turn the hearts of the children to the children to the fathers and bless relationships, bless the marriage relationships. Three weeks into that, and do you know it was the most difficult thing to do for 40 days? We got into bed one night and realised we hadn't done it, so we had to go. And I tried to cheat one day and drive. <laughs> I had to go I had to walk it. I had to go back and walk it. And I went to visit the lady opposite, and uh, who I knew was separated from her husband. And she opened the door. She said, Caroline, come in. She said, um, I really believe in marriage and family now. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And her husband was there. And she said, my husband and I are getting back together. And I said, well, that's very nice, very good. And so we chatted her. And then I went home. And I said, well, hang on. What are we doing? You don't know what's going on behind closed doors when we're prayer walking, when we're blessing. Really encourage you to strengthen yourselves in this and, and really to get out and pray on the streets uh, actively. Um, and then six months later, we had another couple from uh, the road who were Christians who came to have coffee with us and they said it was really strange. They were talking about their relationship with their children and they said it was really strange about six months ago. Um, our relationship with our son changed. And we said, we don't know why, we don't know what happened. We just said, oh, that was nice. Yeah, okay. We got into bed and I said, hey, you know what? That was when we were prayer walking. We do not know what happens behind the closed doors when we're prayer walking. So I really want to encourage you with that. Um, and to keep on. Now, <coughs> and the power of blessing. I mean, that was the first thing that Father spoke over, over creation in Eden. He blessed the land, didn't he? He blessed Adam and Eve, he blessed the land. Um, so, talk about prayer walking. You know, if you want to take an area, now, to Red Hill actually prayer walk every street every year. So, you know, you could get yourselves together with a map of Swanley and you could have, make sure that every, every um, street is covered in prayer. You know, with all the knife crime that's about, I really do have a sense that prayer walking is part, a major part of the answer for, the, for us as the church to get out and pray on the streets and the Prince of Peace on the streets. Hmm. Um, yeah, another story about prayer walking. When Peter and I were walking French fry prayer now, this one makes me laugh. Uh, we hadn't been there too long, and um, I would put out a weekly bulletin for London every Tuesday. 
And I was, it was coming up to May Day, and there were the May Day marches in Oxford Street. The year before, there had been uh, murder, there had been, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of damage. And I thought, you know what, we can do something about this. So I put a call on them out on the um, prayer net and just said, um, we're going to be prayer walking before the May Day marches, Sunday afternoon, three o'clock, outside, we'll meet outside John Lewis, uh, because that's where they were all going to be. That was where the marches were going to happen. I said, come, bring the dogs, cats, whatever, you know, we'll all turn up. I went into Peter's office and I said, I hope we don't get arrested for <laughs> breach of the peace or something. You know, thousands of people turn up. Anyway, nine of us turned up. And what I want to say, it doesn't take many, okay? So we prayer walked. Uh, we went up Oxford Street a little way. We came back across. We went down. Um, we hung over the rail railings of Oxford Circus. Um, we went down actually into the underground, prayed there, prayed down Regent Street, and then our car parking was up, time was up, so we had to go back to the car. We thought, well, okay, trust we've done enough. May Day came, and in the evening, we were slightly blown away. We were watching the news, and there was a report on it, and they mentioned everywhere we had prayer walked, and they said, everybody is very calm, they've got them all in one area, and they're being let out slowly. Mm. One of the girls who came with us, uh, we had a message on the answer phone in the office when we get, got in the next morning. She said, I'm so excited, there's nobody in the flat to talk to. She said, this is totally amazing <laughs> that they've mentioned everywhere we prayer walked. Mm. And um, particularly at the join of Oxford Street and Regent Street, they said, we've got them. Uh, everybody is there, quiet, peaceful. Isn't that exciting? I mean, to, mm. you see, that's our authority. That's <coughs> what we're doing. That's why, you know, to rise up as a worshipping, uh, praying church in the nation. And um, it's just going to, I think it's going to radicalise, am I allowed to use that word? Radicalise the nation. <laughs> Declaration, which I know you already do. The power of declaration. There's a difference between, Father, please can you um, bring peace on our streets? That's very good. But there's a difference in actually taking up our authority and saying, in the name of Jesus, I declare peace on the streets of Swanley. Now, we're taking up our authority as Huiot sons of God uh, to declare what should happen because that's within Father's will. Um, and it is a change of style. And so, as you hear what Father is saying in heaven and you declare it on earth, you are partnering with Him um, to bring that in. What I'm going to give you now. As I've said before, if you're a graphic designer, please forgive me. <laughs> Caroline is learning. <laughs> if you can give those out. So, 10 days of prayer for Swanley. 
six months later, you think, oh, I might do that again. He will say, it'll come fresh to you because you're listening to him for what he wants at that time. Okay, so it always comes fresh. So this is a 10-day journey of um, praying around the various um, areas of society, so to speak. Uh, if you have a particular passion... Uh, for any of these, like mine would be business and retail. I get crazy about that. Um, <coughs> you know, really go for it. Go in depth with that. Go and pray about the, the the industrial areas, the office areas. You know, the technical. What is it called? They've got the technology area in the bar opposite the police station. Um, but take those people to heart. You know, the workforce is there. If it's schools, take the, head, the staff of the schools into your heart. Uh, you can go on the website and find out who all the head teachers are. Um, now, something I have missed off here, which I realised, is your MP. So, <laughs> over in local government, actually it should be national and local government, who is your MP? Sir Michael Fallon. Yeah. Boy, doesn't he need prayer. <laughs> and so include your MP when you come to that. Uh, you, you can have all the names of the councillors will be on the website. You can pray for them individually. Um, <coughs> um, if there's a part of retail you're really passionate about, uh, you can find more about... Um, those on the web. I mean, you can, I'm, I learned a heck of a lot about Swanley just by going on the web and looking, <laughs> looking at it. Um, <coughs> so I would encourage you to take hold of this, to listen to Father, to return it with thanksgiving, what he says to you. Make a declaration out of it. I declare... 
make a blessing out of it because they're two slightly different angles on it. Um, make a blessing out of it and then just pray. And, <coughs> you know, something too, which you haven't covered because that's a whole other big area, <coughs> is actually looking back at the his timeline of Swanley and what has happened here over that. And any of you who are interested in history and archaeology would absolutely love that. Peter and I were asked to go to Norwich um, to the House of Prayers there and need a workshop um, and to pray through the timeline of Norwich. And somebody had already done it. And Peter just looked at it and he said, well, it's intolerant right the way through here. You can see that, can't you? <laughs> can you? <laughs> but, you know, to pray through that timeline is very powerful and effective. Now, that takes some research, it takes time, and those who are passionate about it will absolutely love it. Um, and then come together, I mean, I can teach more on that at another time if you want me to, uh, on how to pray through that. That could be a little project. Um, but Norwich, out of that, they found that there was a new sense of unity between the churches and the atmosphere of Norwich felt different. So it's very powerful and effective. And it's about all of us taking our right place. Do you know what I mean? Those interested in that sort of research come together and do that, that bit of it. You know, somebody who's really interested in education, right, I'm, I'm really going to do that. I'm going to find out who all the head teachers are. I'm going to find out this, that, and the other. Uh, I'm going to look at some of the, the policies that the education departments in Kent want to bring in, what's government bringing in to do with, with education. So you can really go in, uh, if you've got a passion like that, uh, you can really go in and do it. You know, and what's going on in the town council? What's coming up? I mean, you said there's a, a consultation coming up um, about flats going up. Um, well, what does Father really think about that? And if, if that does go, do you know what I would do? I would go and pray uh, over the land there. Too. Um, something else we, we did, Peter and I did, we used to pray for all new... Every house that went up for sale, we would pray for the residents coming in. And we saw a number of them get saved. We would pray for the new residents coming in. Um, you know, house goes up next door to you next week. Well, pray for them. Pray for the right people to come, according to Acts 17. Mm. You know, the right people to come in mm. who will enjoy living in Swanley, part of Father's creation. And so the Holy Spirit is very, very, very creative. And so we can ask him how to pray. And that's fine because he's not always going to take, take you the same way. Mm. So prayer can either be boring or it can be a journey of adventure. Now what I would like to pray over you as we finish, I want to pray, may I pray, Phil, for a watchman anointing and mm -hmm. gatekeeper anointing mm -hmm. on you. Uh, Suffolk, when Dr. Sharon Stone came to Suffolk, she prophesied over it of being a watchman county for the UK and Europe. Now, I don't know that I've really taken that to heart as I should have done. <laughs> but anyway, so if you'd like to stand, if I could just get you all to stand.